Ole Miss, the defending Big 12 champs, in their first meet back at home in the new year. Tickets start at just $8 each, and group discounts are available all season long. For tickets and more information, visit Soonersports.com slash tickets. Boomer Sooner. Think about the last time you moved. Remember how you said you'd never do it alone again? We know moving is tough, but at Two Men and a Truck, we make it easy. No matter the move, big or small, we'll make it a smooth one. We're the movers who care, and we'll prove it with our full-time employed, background-checked movers. We're local and affordable, and we can help at a price that won't make you wish you'd done it on your own. For home and business moving, call the movers who care. Two Men and a Truck, 405 708-7707. Well, doggone it. What happened, Uncle? I broke my daggone MacBook. Hey, no problem, Uncle. You know what? We'll call Bob and Chuck at the Mac Man. Bob and Chuck have more than 60 years combined experience repairing Macs and caring for Mac owners. We can call them up right now at 405-794-8114. That's 405-794-8114. Or reach out to them online at theokcmacman.com. The Mac Man is proudly Oklahoma's most experienced Apple-authorized service provider. Ahoy, matey! This is Tyler McComas from The Rush. Have you been sailing the seven seas in search of your favorite liquor? Drop anchor! Captain Jack's is a nice, relaxed, laid-back liquor store on Northeast 12th Street in Norman. They have a vast selection of liquor, beer, and wine in their 3,000-square-foot storefront. Stop by and check out the ocean-painted floor and boat-shaped cash register. Sail by Captain Jack's and pick up your favorite beverages and be treated as first mate. Weigh anchor and hoist the mizzen to Captain Jack's Wine, Rum, and Spirits in Norman, 2400 Northeast 12th Avenue on the corner of Rock Creek and 12th. It's time for the Plank Show with Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. Make your voice heard on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Just don't do it while you're driving. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go that's a really good question by one Toby Rowland to wrap up the T-Row in the Morning Show. What's going on? It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. Good morning, Josh. And a, a very good morning to you. How was your weekend? I, I want to talk about it. I, I want to I get into how Saturday was for me because it was a very unique Exciting and not overly frustrating day. I, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. My team lost, but I was all my teams lost on Saturday. But I wasn't, I wasn't mad. I mean, I was. I, I want to get into it a little bit later on. All right. In, in fact, maybe in the next segment. But we have guarantees in this first segment, right? To hit the biggest sooner news and until we get. And I haven't refreshed Twitter since I came in. Since I raced in here after hitting. Every red light on Highway 9. Uh, and then we need our pre-show coffee. So I had to make sure that that was set. Oh, I didn't. 
Thank you I, for the handoff by the there, case, by the way. I never got to say thank you to Casey. We were standing back there talking. She, The boss walks in as I'm back there adjusting my pants, and I look, it, it was a bad look for your boy. But how much of a win has this Keurig been? Inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. It's been a game changer for at least two members of the staff. <laughs> we might be the only two that use it. But I think oh my so. gosh, how fantastic is it? But if you were to, Josh Helmer, rank the best and the worst team in the Big 12 for college hoops right now, who would be the best and who would be the worst? It's they, tough, right? They've lost back-to-back games, and if I was doing a power rankings, I wouldn't have them number one because of that, but I still believe Baylor is the best team in this conference. So, Baylor number one, and Kansas State probably probably last because they lost to TCU at home, Yeah, but it's between those two for me. And it's, it's, it's Toby joke, but they're all going to be like 9-9 when all is said and done here. I just – I don't ever know what to expect in this league. But I'm here for it. It was a fascinating Saturday. It really – and, you know, I, I every single game was almost a story into itself. Uh, what looked like it was going to be quite a day for, for Oklahoma – suddenly deteriorates and you end up with a very tough loss now. And you got back-to-back L's heading into a showdown this week with with Kansas on Tuesday. What you kind of thought would be a a get-right game for Baylor at home ends up being, I mean, what I thought was a more dominating defeat against Oklahoma State than what Texas Tech had against them earlier this week. Yeah, I was watching the early part of West Virginia and Kansas. And there was a point in the first half of that game when West Virginia, well, it was very early. West Virginia was up like 8 to 2 or and you're just like, "Whoa, hey, this is uh this is going to be something for West Virginia here today." And then this Kansas <laughs> hit the gas and never looked back and just destroyed them. In the second half, I just I, we could keep going. I mean, think about for a a Texas Tech basketball team that was on top of the moon, right? Game winning shot goes to the banks of the Brazos and gets that dub, holds off Oklahoma State, and then gets smoked in Manhattan. Smoked, and then Iowa State at home just. Too much for – I mean, what a weird weekend, an awesome weekend in college basketball in the Big 12. And right now, Josh Helmer, I I think it's – I think it's the best basketball league in the country. I really do. And and you asked the question – Go ahead. And I know Toby did too. Who's the best – who's the best team? Who's the worst team? It's hard to say definitively either way because – Look, TCU beats Oklahoma. They had just beaten Kansas State. Kansas State, of course, had lost to TCU. Mm -hmm. But at home they beat Texas Tech, who was red hot. So you feel almost guilty saying any of these teams are the worst team in the league coming off back-to-back wins and a home win for Kansas State. 
And then how about Tuesday night? <laughs> Look at this schedule on Tuesday night. Sooners are hosting Kansas. Baylor, they're not going to be number one when the new polls come out, but losers of back-to-back games have to go on the road to a very driven West Virginia team. Kansas State's a little bit different on the road than they are at home, but Texas hasn't been outstanding. And you get Iowa State going to Texas Tech. <laughs> what a Tuesday. So there's your college basketball. We'll hit more of the, fi- and the top five stories of the day. Josh. Where are we? Okay, let's let's start the good, the bad, and the unknown. How's that in, in college football this weekend? And honestly, I gotta be honest with you, that middle portion, the bad, I don't I just would say the good and the unknown. I don't I don't know how you felt, but in everything I saw in following Brent Venables helping on move in day in kind of the transfer portal news, it seemed to be leaking out constantly during the day. I thought, based on my maybe very overly optimistic opinion, I thought this was a really good weekend for Oklahoma. But it also is it's also a weekend that has been littered Josh that with nothing new on Caleb Williams, right? We know Oklahoma looks like they're among the finalists for Jackson Dart, the USC transfer, who, again, I I think it would be fascinating to add Jackson Dart to the quarterback room with Gabriel and the, U, and the Evers kid. As Saturday progressed, we realized it was official that Mario Williams was going to go to USC – which was weird because I had, in listening to to Kerry and Josh and those guys, they'd made it seem that the distance between his hometown in Florida and, and, and going to USC might be problematic. But I think it shows you that connection that he had, not just with Lincoln, but more specifically with Dennis Simmons. We'll see if Caleb follows, but still nothing. Oklahoma has a transfer from Wyoming to help end the defensive secondary. You see a lot of guys is you can get back on the road that are getting offers, and you'll start seeing that become more of a of an exclusive club. Um, I just – I thought it was a pretty cool weekend. C.J. Colden is the kid's name I couldn't come up with off the top of my head. But it was a weekend that seemed to be loaded with offers – Additions, including Tulane defensive lineman Jeffrey Johnson, uh, the Tulsa Tulsa defensive tackle that I liked a lot, Jackson Player, decided to go home to Waco, and he's going to play for Baylor next year. Good for him. It's a good spot for him if he wasn't going to come back to Tulsa. But, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you felt, and I know you've been monitoring this for SoonersWire.com and, of course, our show. I thought it was a good weekend for Oklahoma. Good weekend for Oklahoma. We'll see what happens with Dart and Trigg. Obviously, they took a visit to Ole Miss this weekend. If you're curious about Drew Sanders, he picked Arkansas. We found out yesterday as well. So, Oklahoma swinging a miss there, though I was told that visit went as good as it possibly could have gone with Oklahoma. And there was some buzz building for a little bit that he was going to pick Oklahoma. Didn't turn out that way. And let's see. So, you've got Tulane defensive tackle transfer, Jeffrey Johnson. Right. 
we mentioned Colton, uh, the Wyoming transfer, and now we get into it used to be eyeballology. Lockology tells us that there's still three locks unaccounted for <laughs> out there. So who who are those players? It's been a productive weekend for Oklahoma. Who are the three that we don't know about yet? Yeah. Are, are they portal guys? Are they commits from the high school ranks that haven't been made official yet? Probably a combination of yeah. the two. And – you know, I, I, I'm going to dig at the bottom of this hour. We got a segment of some of the portal guys we're keeping an eye on, or at least players that we can. I, I don't even know if the term would be confirmed, but players that we know have at least shown an interest or visited Oklahoma. There's a lot of names that are still out there in the transfer portal. And I think, you know, in that, you want players to have their their time, but there's also a set number of dudes you can get. I, I saw this weekend Chubba Purdy was at Nebraska, and I looked pretty good in that Nebraska uniform. But if how does that work, right? He has an offer from Oklahoma, but is it, hey, man, if Jackson Dart – and I don't even have they offered Jackson Dart? I would assume they have if he's making a trip to Oklahoma. Yes, I would imagine. Yeah. So, um, so is that just a, hey, whoever – decides to take that offer first, gets it? Is that where – maybe that's more of a – maybe that's a Parker Thune question. Though I did see where – Or or is it, hey, we're going to find out what happens with Jackson Dart and we'll see if we still have that spot available. Yeah, I don't know. I don't – I mean, but it's fascinating, right? And it's exciting. Well, I, because Dart, too, is going to wind up being a package deal with Trigg. Sure. So – that would be one reason probably you'd want to go in that direction as well. Did you see uh did you see one of the guys? I think it was yeah, the uh, CJ Colden whenever he committed to Oklahoma, he actually tagged Parker on his commitment tweet. Oh, he did? Yeah. I know, again, I I didn't know if he tagged a bunch of people on it, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I looked down and then he's got the yeah, he's got the Picture of him and BV in the office, and then his graphic, and it says Boomer, and then he adds Parker on it. I thought that was fantastic. And then everyone has to retweet it, right? Because it's like, oh, there's this commitment, and I got to retweet Parker's at in it. Oh, that was fantastic. But we'll learn about this. Can I've got you know there is a there's a dude in Wyoming that does a sports talk show that is a huge Sooner fan. Massive Sooner coming Keith. on the show. Yeah, we'll get him on uh, m- maybe later this week, but. So as we sit here then at 9.15 a.m., there's you know, Jeffrey Johnson, C.J. Colden. There's still a couple of other defensive backs that are out there. Boy, people got some people got mad about the – who was it? The offensive lineman that had the Texas flag wrapped around. I mean, we, can you people calm down and not overanalyze everything? In re- it's okay. Um, I, breaking news, there's a lot of players from Texas that have helped out Oklahoma in the past. Just calm down a little bit. But wh- – have we just now kind of accepted that Caleb Williams isn't going to be part of Oklahoma going forward? Because that's still kind of gone real quiet. I think it's been been accepted, accepted. yeah, for a minute here to really kind of even sort of the midway point of last week where you said, okay, this is this is done. Oklahoma's moving on here. Jackson Dart's visiting. Purdy's visiting. That ship done sailed. 
Yeah, I think you're right. But also in that, Josh, as frustrating as that is, is everyone in a, as long as he doesn't go to USC mode, we're going to be okay with things and we're going to accept it? As long as he doesn't go to USC or magically end up at Texas, I think everyone's going to be a little bit more accepting of it or no? No? If it's if it's not USC, I think it'd be a surprise at this point. Oh, shock. But, yeah, I, I think that would ease a little bit of, of the sting here. Sure. Mm. I don't think you're going to be able to ease any of the sting, unfortunately. <laughs> I think I don't know why it's dragging out so long. What did we learn that – what's is today the 17th of the – it better be the 17th because it my is. wife's birthday is the 24th. I'd be in big trouble. Uh, USC can have its students enroll in classes as late as the 28th. So if you're kind of like me and you look at that and you realize, huh, there is a deadline for when these dudes have to be enrolled in classes, right? It, it is a little bit ridiculous how long <laughs> this thing is taken. But, yeah, now you're now you're at a point to where – the Alamo Bowl was on the 28th uh, that week after he got back was going on vacation, make a decision, then in the portal. And, I mean, you're, you're nearing the span of what now? You're going on the third week of this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard the offers that are on the table. It's time to make a decision. What, what do you think the holdup is? But you know what? Hold on. Let's take a timeout and talk about that next. Um, just a quick little sprinkling of some Caleb Williams news there, which as we roll on a Monday at 9.18 a.m., there there isn't. There isn't any news. And <laughs> this is funny. I believe Crimson tweets at me. If you have time today, please say a prayer for the OU football team. Nothing wrong with them. They just started workouts with Schmitty this week. Tease and peace. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a of a different world for a lot of those guys, but a good one. They're, what am I, they're in the midst of it right now. <laughs> good luck, guys. Enjoy it. Remember that cool little rap verse? Schmitty get pissed in the summer. All right, hanging with Schmitty in the summertime. He gets pissed if we don't make our time. It's fun lyric. Welcome to it. Good now times. you get to live it. Now you get to live it. <laughs> When Teddy told the story about making a walk, uh, run the Stairmaster for being late to a workout that he wasn't late for, it's still one of my favorites. <laughs> he made me run for a workout that I was late for that I wasn't late for. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, quick break. Now, what could be the holdup here with Caleb? What's next in the portal for Oklahoma? I don't want to talk about the NFL playoffs. I'm still trying to figure out the end of the Cowboys game. What a mess. It's the Plank Show on a Monday.
right, uh, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. NFL playoff talk to come here um, about after the bottom of the hour. Dallas, we got to talk this morning. You know, t- two things just on that uh, because some Raider fans fell into this. It's not the officials' fault that either one of those teams lost the game. Was it a comedy of errors? Sure, but can I peel the curtain back on a little Go bit ahead. of what my weekend looked like? Sure, I'd love to hear this. So I was broadcasting a pair of hockey games on Saturday and Sunday for the Oklahoma City Ice Hawks. So I wait. Did me going to that funeral on Friday ruin you doing a game on Friday, or did I dream? No, oh, you know what they. There was no game on Friday. Oh, They've okay. got a one o'clock game today. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Sort of. A, are you bol- are you bolting early for it? No, uh, no. I've worked it out where our friend Steve Marshall can can Look grab the reins you. of that. So I'm okay. still hanging out with Parker. Still okay. hanging out with Teddy today. Okay, okay, cool. But anyways, what I was going to say is, it, uh, it it meant that I didn't get to watch some of the college basketball from this weekend and some of the NFL games maybe as closely as I would have liked. I was watching Raiders Bengals as I was sure. broadcasting, but what what happened? So there was an inadvertent whistle. No, I mean, listen, I, I hate to be that guy, but Joe Burrow made an incredible play, and the the Raiders didn't respond. Now the problem is, <laughs> Tra- Trayvon Merrick just stood there like, "Hey, what's going on?" But in Merrick's defense, he claims, "Hey, we heard a whistle, and there was one." The crazy thing about it is. I, and I brought, I brought this up last night, and this isn't – I don't get to listen to a lot of broadcasts, and I want to get into experience in the game as a fan in a bit. But Mike Trico and Drew Brees were terrible, just terrible. And I don't even – you know, Trico was okay, but their sideline reporter was terrible. Drew Brees is horrible. And I don't know – a playoff game isn't karaoke. Right, it's not. Hey, let's put a guy in there. That it's a playoff game, right? Regardless of how you feel about expanded playoffs, get me some of your A guys in there. But to let Drew Brees do analysis, and I'm t- I don't know if everyone is trying to be Tony Romo, but Josh, he was wrong on every play he tried to project. Uh, project. They oh third. I could see them going in the middle. They run an outside. Oh, watch an eye here on the running back. The running back staying in the block. It's like what are you? What's he doing? Uh, okay, so that aside, that's my precursor to say you could clearly hear a whistle, right? Mid snap. No, he's rolling out, and Burrow throws it just before he steps on the sidelines. As the ball's in the air, there's a whistle. Hmm. But it seems really late. So in that Raiders Bengals game, I, I mean that would have made it. Third down, they probably would have scored on the next play anyway. So I'm not actually would have been fourth. Actually, it would have been fourth down. They might have kicked a field goal. Who knows? But I just I don't think that was anything Raider fans should get too up in arms about. They got a break on a really bad PI call that put them in our uh, um, quarterback roughing the quarterback call. Cincinnati got away with push off after push off, but that's the NFL, man. They're Raiders can't be dumb. I don't know how else, but don't be dumb. Dallas, don't be dumb, and you're not going to be in these positions. Oh, that Neville Gallimore penalty. Man. It was horrible. It was horrible. So, I, I, I've got so much to get to on the NFL, Josh. I mean, it's just – last night, I'm getting inundated with people. Oh, the playoffs. The expanding it is boring. I'm like, well, don't watch then. I thought it was awesome. Just got a phone call about that. Yeah. Oh, it's expanded this. It's not even watchable. All right, turn the channel. 
I'm sure there is a Marquette Drake game that'll get you, you all know, excited. One thing about that is okay, the two seven games stunk, right? They did. They always have. But that added some storylines at the end of the regular season. I, that's my whole point. And, and think about this. If the Raiders and Chargers would have tied, now the Raiders probably still get smoked last night by the Chiefs, but could you imagine New England going to Cincinnati? Could you imagine Buffalo having to play San Diego? I mean, just because the Chargers snuck in under the wire as a bad football team and Philly got in as a bad football team, what if – what if Minnesota would have made that run? That's a pretty good football team with a good roster, even though everyone got fired. We're we're zoned in on you, the playoff you games we watched. Right, right. I'm not worried about what the – even if you're – well, they weren't all that competitive. Most of the t- – I went back through last night because I was so mad about this. Um, the average margin of victory last year with a seventh team was 8.5 in the first round. It was 6 in 2019. It was 5.75 in 2018. We're not now the 7 versus 2 matchups have been lopsided, but guess what? They're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be because the seventh seed in in any sport should not be on the same field as the 2 seed. Period. If you expand the playoffs in college football and it's 1-12, guess what? When the 11 plays the 2, it might get ugly. Why? Because it's supposed – and I don't know, 11 wouldn't play 2 because you'd have 4. But you get my – it's supposed – that's what's going to happen. And there's going to be a year uh, where seven's going to get a 2. It's going to happen. Well, in a 7 seed, for example, you look at the AFC this year, Lamar Jackson – Misses multiple games. He comes back at the end of the season, wins the final two or whatever. Yes. Baltimore gets in, and all of a sudden, a seven seed's not really a seven seed. So, I I always love how sudden suddenly we get to the end of the season, and you get in the playoffs, and su- everyone because well the quality of the game the the quality of the game. You root for a team in the NBA that's tanking. What are you talking about? The quality of the game in the NFL. Oh, the quality of the game. All I'm saying is Ugh. the National Football League is ready to say, yeah, whatever, on Super Wildcard hey. Weekend. We've got more storylines to sell in weeks 16, 17, 18, and we feel great about the and, bottom line. And guess what? That one seed, it's a big freaking deal, man. Big deal to be that one seed now. Yeah, I was dealing with that last night. More, less is more. What do you what do you mean less is more? We've got a playoff game tonight. You had a playoff game on Saturday night in primetime. And guess what? You're gonna tell me, well, Patriots didn't belong. Whenever everyone was losing their minds to tell you about four weeks ago about how the Patriots are the team no one wants to see in the playoffs. Best get, team in the AFC. Out of here with that garbage. Which uh, not to make this a let's preview Buffalo and Kansas City, but with what each of those two teams did, the rematch of the AFC Championship game from last year is going to be great. I'll add this, too, just so I'm not an old man yelling at clouds this morning. Um, the 4-5 games were great yesterday. I mean, you give me a couple of 3-6 games that got a little bit out of kilter, and one of them had a storyline. With Well, and I say they've gotten out of out of 
pardon me, the 4-5 game in the NFC is tonight. Yes. You had one of the 3-6 games get a little out of kilter with the Bills and the Patriots, but you're telling me you didn't love every minute of them going to the sidelines and Bill Belichick not having an answer? Outside of my man J-Rod and Tulsa and the diehard Patriot fans, this was a great moment. W, I know you're not a big WWF, WWE guy, but every time that a legend would be done – his last match, he'd always get destroyed by the next big name, right? <laughs> I, it just never – there's never been a guy in wrestling history that goes out as the champ, right? He always goes out getting absolutely annihilated by the dude that he's going up against. Undertaker, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, you always, you always lose your last match for some reason. That's pretty much what we saw with Ben Roethlisberger. And – Bill Belichick. He's like, dang, dang, dang. Guess what's your last moment? It's a squash match to build up the next generation. I can't. I just to, – to think that the idea coming away from this weekend would be, my gosh, we need less, less playoff games. I just that, – I mean, it makes sense, though, because the two seven games stop. Sure, absolutely. But, I mean, who cares? You know who should be mad? Chiefs and, pay, and, and Buccaneer fans. That's who should be mad. Right, because you would have liked to have had a bye week. Did you see Chief fans not going to the game on Sunday night? <laughs> Did you see Buccaneer fans not showing up? Oh, I don't need this game. No, it's football, man. You're going to have six months without it. Then you can complain about it. And after about, here's the best thing ever. Oh, there's too many games. And all of a sudden, by about May, you're like, you know what? I'll take myself a little Jaguars you know, Colts game, I, I wouldn't mind watching. All that. of a sudden, that starts yeah. sounding a lot uh, more attractive. Uh, all of a sudden, that 7-2 matchup when you're stuck watching a midweek series between the Rangers and the Orioles, you're like, well, you know, this is a uh, – I could probably go for a little bit of, of, of Cleveland versus the Chargers. I think that'd be fine. Gosh. We, you're all spoiled. We spoiled you all with sports 24-7. That's what's happened. You're just spoiled brats like my 7-year-old, and it's fine. I still love her. I still love you. All right. Here's what I came up with on the portal. Right now, there's a few names out there for Oklahoma. And I'm sure I'm going to leave one out. And I know we got a break. But obviously, Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, Makai Wingo is a name to keep an eye on. Who had some really nice things to say about his visit to OU. And and I think it went along the lines of, hey, don't know if I'm going to end up there. Right. But – but love the staff. Vittable's one of the realists. I thought that was really cool. And then obviously there's a handful of other names we'll just kind of be keeping an eye on and an eye out for every now and then. But, you know, it seemed like they were pretty high on Jackson Player. I don't know if he ever came on campus or not. I assume that he did. But with him going to – with him making the decision to go to Waco, to Baylor and stay home in Waco – I wonder now what that does for the Sooners and their commitment on the interior of the defensive line. I mean, because the Jeffrey Johnson kid looks pretty awesome to me. I mean, come on, Jackson. You, you couldn't couldn't just make that woo pig call instead of Baylor? That would have been a little easier to stomach. <laughs> you know, I, I will say there was one other side story to this weekend which kind of touches on our why is it taking so long with Caleb conversation that I want to get to next. And I don't know if this was birthed from a, a, a tweet from a player that is heading out or what, but yeah, there's a tweet. Whether I choose the University of Oklahoma or not, Coach Venables and Coach Bates, uh, Bates are two of the realest and most genuine people I've ever met. Pretty cool from Makai Wingo. Hope the Missouri transfer ends up at OU, but we'll see. 
But we did have a little Twitter beef this weekend that we need to get into. <laughs> yeah, I would say... Twitter beef is fair to say. Yeah, we'll talk about it next. Plus, much more on the NFL playoffs. Top five stories today coming up in about 23 minutes from now as we celebrate and honor the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. It's MLK Day. Um, what an incredible man. What an incredible message. I, I'm listening to a podcast now that I encourage everyone to at least give a listen to. It's fascinating. It's called the MLK Tapes. It's really good. It's really good. I'm, I'm two episodes in and I'm hooked. But we honor the memory, the legacy, the fight the pursuit of equality for Martin Luther King Jr. here on this Monday on The Plank Show.
right, welcome back into the Plank Show. All kinds of Twitter beef this weekend. I saw, I saw Teddy, base. I saw Teddy retweet something and on Friday, and said, "I've never said that." By the way, his show is called The Rush. I just want to make that very clear. I, I quickly, like immediately, because you and Ted were working together. Yeah, right? and I quickly texted Ted to be like. Man, I am sorry that this thing has gotten to this point. So basically, to break down a fourth wall, Josh had read a tweet, uh, a text on the air to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which you can take advantage of by texting 651-3439 today. 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And the question, which, by the way, the text line has become such a major part of what we do and it's integral to the rush. It's great to hear your questions. And someone had texted, I heard a visit for Trig and Darwin. So, well, they're not going to Ole Miss. And Ted, negative. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if that's the case. Well, someone misheard it or took heard the tweet and then didn't really hear what Ted said. I've been guilty of that before. I'll read something like, did I read that right? And go back and reread it and realize, oh, I didn't read Enough, that right. If I'm being completely transparent i was playing it up a little bit right that's what you do on the radio and boom all of a sudden it's off and running there's a tweet out there that said <laughs> basically we've confirmed that the old miss well, visit wasn't happening listen i got i got sucked into that whenever i uh, of the 11 radio interviews i did the uh, tuesday after lincoln riley left i had the one on cbs sports radio i was like oh, i'm hearing this could happen pretty quick and it could be uh, BV jobs rather quickly, and CBS Sports throws out the tweet that says, Chris Plank, Plank Show confirms that Brent Venables could be hired tonight, and that thing took off. You should off. have just stuck with it because you would have been right. I would have been right, but and then I got, oh, what? Yeah! I'm like, listen, lis- listen to the <laughs> cut. It, it's uh, we, we go through. It's like two and a half. No one has the attention span to listen to a two-minute cut. The tweet's out there, and that's all you see. So I could completely understand the frustration where Ted, not a man to mince words by any stretch of the imagination. I never so said that. I never said that. Which he did not. But the Twitter beef, I think, that everyone is most intrigued, I would assume starts from a little gas that's been poured on some trash talking by what? Latrell McCutcheon, maybe, a bit on Twitter. And Nick Benito threw this out, and I just, it was, it was chef's kiss. Oh, it was beautiful. Who tweeted, some of these kids talking down on the coaches all season. Now they want to join them uh, join them at USC. Bunch of clowns. OU don't need them. To which Bob Stoops even retweeted. Now I what what's the emoji? It is the It's like the embarrassed face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> the flushed face emoji. Like, whoa. Like, oh. <laughs> Um, it, it's funny because, you know, some of those you've seen them be public on social media about their frustration. You would think that a new start, a fresh start would be something that they would embrace. And again, it just, it shows you social media is in real life. Never is <laughs> just fascinating to me, but to see Bob Stoops retweet it. As soon as Nick Benito, Perion Winfrey's been very active on social media. It it does kind of show you, Josh, that you know these we had some dudes, regardless of how you want to feel about 
Lincoln leaving and the whole foot out the door theory that a lot of people have thrown out there. Man, you had some dudes that it really mattered a lot to. And Nick Benito was right there front and center. So I I just thought of all the social media moments from this weekend, Nick Benito ending up being the star of a back and forth between a handful of players, current and former. I, I did not have that on my bingo board for the offseason. Of Perion has not been silent in his own right. Latrell, by the way, did fire back. He sent this tweet out. Anybody shooting slugs and taking shots can easily hit my number and say what they got to say. Internet. Is, is he? I don't know if I would be calling any of these guys that have called you out internet. Did he use the term thug? Yes. Oh, wow. I don't know if I would be doing that to any of these dudes that are calling you out. But is McCutcheon suddenly in the mix at USC? He took a visit. That, yeah, that's where the genesis of all this oh came from. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. I missed that this weekend. That's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Your dad was tweeting how mad you are at the coaches, and at the first opportunity, you're running out to visit with him? Mm-hmm. Again, who am I to question anyone? Hey, and, and do what's what best. Do. do what's best. I don't care. Enjoy your life. But it's just – it's hilarious. That that's pretty damn funny. I did not realize that he had taken a visit. I thought it was just a mention of something. Fantastic. Meanwhile, I don't think Oklahoma's done in the portal. As you mentioned, there's three locks that are unaccounted for right now. Caney Walker just a little bit ago said his announcement's coming up at noon. I think that's gonna just tea leaves here. Probably great chance that's gonna be Oklahoma, though that's not official yet. Hmm. What uh, give me the lowdown on on Caney Walker? Was he the offensive uh, lineman or is no? He the... He's another defensive back. Okay, okay. I don't know how I missed him. I I thought I was all over the portal, but I guess I'm really not. I felt pretty good coming in here with all of my. Uh, oh, he's the he's the Louisville cornerback. Okay, six two one ninety four. Yes. See, it's if you give me the school. Like, oh, 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 okay, okay, that's the kid. That's the TCU kid. That's the Wyoming kid. That's the Tulsa kid. Yeah, Kenny Walker. Well, in your defense, there is – it's not like we're tracking two or three portal guys. We've got about 17 different names to keep uh, our eyes on. Two uh, – a quick break, but two guys that I haven't heard Oklahoma mention in connection to, but I'd be all about them being a part of Josh Helmer, O'Shawn Mathis – whom a lot of people have started to project to Texas with the Gary Patterson to Texas stuff heating up. I think that kid's a stud. And But but again, I, it looks as if the body type that Oklahoma's looking for is a little bit different than maybe what they were at that position. I could be wrong. I'll ask Teddy. And secondly, Travis Dye, running back out of Oregon. Feel good about the running back room for Oklahoma, right? But give me a – Give me a Travis Dye just to add the depth to that room. Because it's been very quiet in the portal as far as the running back position is concerned. Right? And by the way, Dylan Gabriel's pictures that he tweeted out from his, I guess, when he took his trip and now that it's official and he's on campus, I got me juiced up. I won't lie. I'm like, dude, look at this guy. He's a beast. I didn't realize how he's always kind of seemed a little bit smaller when you watch him. That dude's Bill. I'm excited to see him. And wear an eight at quarterback. Listen, come on. Eight was my favorite number growing up. You put an eight at quarterback, let's go. Though I can't remember the – but Nate Hibble wore eight. 
I don't know in the history of Oklahoma if we've outside of Nate had some great eights, if you will. Anyway, quick break. Plank show rolls on. All right, when we come out, let's finally get to the NFL playoffs. Top five stories today right around the corner right here on The Ref.
All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour one, as always, brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. Their perfection is your protection. Visit vhfence.com or call them at 405-735-1167, 405-735-1167. By the way, uh, kudos to you, Josh Helmer. I went this weekend with the OU women getting the win over TCU. We wrote a piece on Maddie Williams for Boyd Street, and I went back and listened to the whole interview. Great interview. She was awesome. She was really good, really good. Appreciate her hopping on with us. That was fun. Her story is pretty incredible, you know, from a a five-star out of Fort Worth to coming to Oklahoma, kind of struggling to get her feet underneath her and then is having this breakout season and, and COVID hits. And then in a in a COVID challenged season when Oklahoma essentially has seven players most of last year, I think they even played a game with six. She has her biggest season ever. And then under you know new she had never experienced a coaching change in her life, never had gone through it at any level. And to go through this off season and to see what OU basketball has become, that was really cool. You can find it on the podcast page. Simply search Ref Sports Radio. Uh, and then you know I am. I am very intrigued, Josh Helmer, to see exactly what's going to happen um, with the Raiders. And I know we don't have a ton of time here, but one of the cool things for me on Saturday was I watch a lot of Raiders games as a fan. right? I, I, but there's something different about being in the playoffs. And obviously my, my favorite team are the teams that have, you know I cover, love being on the sidelines for Oklahoma. But I don't get to watch OU football like as a fan and have those nerve, nervous, hand sweaty moments. I mean, I still have them. Don't get me wrong, but it's usually with an ear in a huddle or trying to figure out an injury. So standing there as a fan on Saturday was horrible, but at the same time, awesome. It was a feeling I hadn't felt in a long time. You know, I couldn't talk. I was so nervous on that final drive. Every time the ball left Derek Carr's hands, I'm like, oh, that's getting intercepted. It's like, oh, there's a guy wide open. The fourth down pass when the camera didn't find Deshaun Jackson. You're like, what? 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 Huh? What happened? And all of a sudden, Deshaun Jackson's running like 30 yards down the field. So it was fun. Could have uh, at least forced overtime. Don't think they would have won the game. But I. it was fun to be in there, go out with a competitive team, and think we may have seen Derek Carr's last game in a Raiders uniform. I don't like that. I, I I don't like that at all. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't. I want him back. Legitimately, you think that perhaps they're going to wind up moving on? I think it comes down to who they hire. I really do. I think if they hire Jim Harbaugh, I think he'll want to bring in someone different. Though, Derek Carr, if, if he goes and gets Greg Roman, I think Derek Carr is Greg Roman's kind of a guy. Greg Roman has adjusted what he does for Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's completely revamped his offense. That's not truly the Greg Roman offense. The Greg Roman offense is what you saw the Niners run. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I hope Mike Mack sticks. I like Mack a lot. All right, when we come back, let's dive into the top five stories of the day.
one thing, because there's so much non-Niners news that's coming out of the Cowboys-Niners game yesterday. Did you hear Trent Williams post-game? No, I have not. The former Sooner won a playoff game for the first time ever in his career. Here's what Trent said afterwards. Because I, I you think about it, he played for the Washington football team. They weren't winning any playoff games. Nope. Um, was he was he out? I, Niners didn't win a playoff game last year. So here was uh, Trent Williams. I feel better than any accolade anybody can give me. This is it's the best feeling in the world. And, you know, obviously it's short-lived because it's a tournament. So we got another big game next week. But it, it's the best feeling. That's cool, man. And I don't think Green Bay's just suddenly got some walk in the park. It's arguably one of the best divisional games this weekend. I mean, you've got I, – I guess that's the other part of it. If people complain about expanded playoffs and getting a seventh team in, well, you end up with eight incredible games uh, – pardon me, eight teams, four incredible games this weekend. I mean, but, duh, watered-down product. You won't have my eyes. Okay, great. Go watch – Go watch Unsolved Mysteries on Pluto TV. Go watch the 18th re-airing of First Take. Hey, there's college basketball and NBA to get into. Go. But this whole announcing that you're not watching something, I guess, it's like the announcing of the unfollowing. I am unfollowing you. All right, John Q7654324 on Twitter. (laughs) Sorry my take on Lions fans made you mad. You know, it's like, bye. But yeah, I loved everything about this weekend. So congratulations to Trent Williams. It was fun. It was fun to watch. So you ready to get after it? We let's, got controversy here. Let's do this thing. Firehouse subs. Well, I'm sorry. RIP Firehouse subs. The top five stories of the day. Big story number five. I'm starting with women's basketball at big story number five. Do, do you know where I'm heading tomorrow, Josh Helmer? I will be leaving on a jet plane after the show to join the OU women's basketball team in Morgantown for their showdown with West V on Wednesday night. This after they dominated TCU at home this weekend by a final score of 100-71. to It's a three-game winning streak. First time. In Big 12, I know Josh Poteet had been digging on this number because we almost had it against Texas Tech. First time in Big 12 history that OU has scored 100 or more points in a game in women's hoops. Now, they did it in Big 8 play, but the first time in Big 12 history that they did it, uh, and they were just they were absolutely on fire all day long Saturday, including... You know, Maddie Williams just saying, games after coming on this show, 1-0. Brings it into the full court on the right side. Picks it up at the foul line. Right wing to Maddie for a three. It's good! Maddie Williams with her first three. And she's perfect from the field, 7 for 7. She would finish 9 of 11 from the floor with 11 boards and 5 assists, 21 points. And how about Nevaeh Tot, who got the start? She scored 16 as the Sooners win going away 100-71 to afterwards, Coach Baranchek talked about Nevaeh Tai. What a game she had, and to be able to step in today and 
Um, I thought she did a really nice job, you know, just taking command. And honestly, I'm just so proud of everybody. I mean, how about Maddie Williams and her game today, just in terms of just the heart and soul, the energy, just she just continues to show up every day. Well, almost every day. Yesterday, I had to get on her a little bit. And no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, she's just she's just been she's just been awesome. And I just I couldn't be more proud of the team. This is probably the most proud I've ever been of them because today was not an easy day. And um, yeah. You know what? For us to be able to bounce back and play and have fun and get better, that's it's just awesome. There you go. Um, it, it's kind of nice whenever you don't have an uh, an easy day and you win by twenty nine. Pretty pretty impressive win for the Sooners, who had a. I mean, you you kind of look at the starting lineup, and there was no Kelby Washington on Saturday, and she had played quite a bit this year. They went deep into the bench. They played 10 players. Brayon White saw some time. Kennedy didn't see much. Uh, hold on here. Let me just double-check this. Yeah, Kennedy Tucker had a a good game defensively. So they are they were down, and they came out, and they took care of business and won. And listen, it, I know it's kind of been a tough get for, for Gabby so far, Gabby Gregory, but you get the sense that you know she's still looking for her first bucket. She's 0 for a first 10, right? She she comes back against Tech and then is immediately out for a couple of games, and then you get her back and she was 0 for 7. But she'll start cooking here soon. I think that's going to be a really key piece for them going forward. Um, big story. Uh, more college hoops coming up in big story number two. But big story number four. Number four. How about the story of Norman native, Tiger starting quarterback Zach Taylor, and what he has done at Cincinnati. Now, granted, it pains me because they eliminated my beloved Raiders. But you can't help but root for Zach Taylor. I'm just really, really happy for the city of Cincinnati. They get a chance to enjoy this. And now just excel and enjoy the ride here because we're not done yet. Now you're playing with house money, right? By the way, do you know what the over-under was on the Bengals heading into this season? No, uh... Probably sub nine. Six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half. Which was a criminally low number looking back now. Which, by the way, I think the six and a half was the same number that the Jacksonville Jaguars had as an over-under <laughs> heading into <laughs> heading into this season. But Zach Taylor had said he's giving a game ball to everybody, all the fans. And guess what my man did? Zach Taylor, former guest on the Plank Show, which I think right away he said he needed some pizza shuttle. Just want to maybe that's a good way to celebrate pizza shuttle. Send Zach Taylor some uh, some pizza. He made sure that he delivered his game ball to the city of Cincinnati. Here's Taylor showing up. It's about forty three seconds. Kind of tough audio. Might be a strain to listen, but this was him showing up at a local bar. People are taking you. Ah, you can't. You can't hear. You can hear it better whenever I had my headphones in. But he shows up at a local bar and gives a game ball essentially to the bar owner, and they're gonna print out replica game balls for everyone in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, he said he got the idea of, or he had thought of the idea from the time he was hired as the team's head coach. 
He said that during his work commute to and from Paul Brown Stadium, he often thought about the type of gesture he wanted to make after the team's first playoff win since January of 91. The one bar he drives past, Mount Lookout Tavern, is often populated with Bengals fans on busy nights. So after the team's win over the Raiders, he went to the bar along with punter Kevin Huber to deliver a short speech and the game ball. I tried to get the speech there, but you couldn't hear it. I'm sorry. How cool is that? Nice little way to ingratiate yourself to the Cincinnati fan base. I love it. I hate it because they beat the Raiders. The Raiders had chances, but I also also love it too. I I, I dig when just coaches and players in general get involved with the community that they're a part of. It's, yes, a little bit of good PR. I get that side of it. But it's still pretty awesome, right? I mean, can you imagine – being one of the patrons in that bar, you're a longtime Bengals fan, you haven't won a playoff game in 30 years, and all of a sudden strolling in comes your head football coach, Zach Taylor, who finally breaks that drought and presents a game ball. I mean, it's just it's pretty cool. Really, really cool. All right, um, so Zach Taylor leads us into big story number three. Number three. All right, wh- where do you want to start from yesterday? Do you want to start with – the end of the Cowboys game, or do you want to start with your Chiefs? No, let's start Cowboys. Okay, so both radio calls are pretty fantastic. Here is the Dallas Cowboy Radio Network. Prescott in the gun, runs up the middle to the 30, to the 25, and slides. 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Did he spike it in time? Didn't get it spiked in time. They haven't said anything official. That's the end of the game. Oh, wow. There you go. You know, I kind of felt I was – we had to run a couple errands. So, I was – I listened a lot. Our our affiliate, 94.7 in Oklahoma City, carries the Cowboys radio network. And I was listening to Brad and and Babe. And so, when we got home was the Debo Samuel run on third down where it looked like and it sounded like that. Debo Samuel, right in, gets the first down, ball game. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Turn the uh, radio off, get groceries out, whatever, walk inside. Walk inside and turn the game on, I see that I see the Cowboys have the football. And it's literally, what, what happened? Well, the knee down for Samuel and the fourth down and the illegal motion, so they have a chance. And then that at the end of it. Here's the call with Greg Papa. On the San Francisco 49ers radio network. I'm sure this will be very low key. They got to get up and clock the ball. Five, four, three, two. Dak will he get it off in time. No. With one second to go. Did he spike the ball in time or no, not? No, he did not. He did not. The 49ers have won the game. What do you got, Alex Kemp? Did he spike it in time? That's the end of the game. Game is over. The 49ers have won. They're on their way to Lambeau. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a really good call. That's a really good call. So, wh- what happened? What happened? Um, Mike McCarthy added this. There's been games where you don't get much standing over the ball when, when there's a personnel uh, challenge, but uh, I think they overdid a little bit today. So, they're obviously conscious about it. We talked about it in pregame. I think both teams were probably worried about the no-huddle tempo type offices because it was clearly, clearly a, uh, a focus of the umpire. 
Here was Dak Prescott. Their guy actually did a great job of, of jumping on me. Um, kind of late, I guess you could say there, but that's that's what they're taught, right? Laying on me, I think that may have cost us an extra two seconds or so. But um, as I'm getting behind Tyler to, to, to clock the ball, I saw four seconds. And then as I got hit, um, as I said, I, reached, I tried to gather myself back and still thought I had time to get it down and didn't go that way. And, and then one more. Could he have gone down sooner? If we're looking at it now, I could say, yeah, I could have went down five yards earlier. But um, thought I'd got us in position and thought I had time left to, to clock the ball, as I said, and something that we've practiced over and over and was going to be able to get into um, a last-play scenario. Mm. There you go. You know, you've done such a good job. It had to be perfect on that drive with a little over to 30 be. seconds to, to – Get yourself to any sort of a chance at a Hail Mary to the end zone. Okay, so you've practiced it a lot. I'll just never understand how the hell you end up running up the middle there in in allowing and opening the door for the clock to run out on you. What are you doing? Unbelievable that they would do that. I have – here's one of my biggest problems that I have in sports. And – when they try to sell you that it was the right call, so I was the right call. I'm like, no, no it didn't work. It's, I, I understand it might have been from your perspective the way to go. And if it doesn't work, it's not the right call. I, I don't, I don't understand that in these types of situations. If it's an eight point game and you score a touchdown, you have to go for two to tie it. If you don't get it. I mean, that was right. You had to go for two regardless. I understand that there's caveats to this. But when the game is on the line and you need to get to a position to kill the clock, to give your team another chance, if it doesn't work and the clock expires, Josh, it was a mistake. Yes. I'm sorry. It was a mistake. And the sideline routes had been so good. The little, oh. the, the, the first thing that they did where they completed it and then lateraled it back and boom, got right out of, out of bounds – Sideline route, if it's not there quickly, chuck the ball out of bounds. Make it an incomplete pass quickly. You cannot wind up in a situation where the clock expires on you. I, If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'd rather have just two Hail Mary heaves into the end zone with 14 seconds <laughs> yes. left than what transpired there because who knows? Maybe we get a pass interference penalty. Those don't typically get called in late game situations, but you just don't know. I mean, I, I'll, I'll add to it this. I, 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 I do think I would take my chances on a Hail Mary with CeeDee Lamb down there as opposed to a quarterback sneak with no. I honestly, when that play started, I thought, I thought the scoreboard had to be wrong. I thought they had a timeout. And San Francisco was giving you 15 yards. And boom, boom. They're, they're not even covering that out. They ran a little hook and ladder with CeeDee Lamb that worked so well. By the way, I know a lot of you had had a fun time with the Cedric Wilson toss on the the pitch play. If he makes a good toss there, that's a big gainer for the Cowboys. Early, and that's early in the game, but I digress. You know, lost in translation here, too, is the fact that, look, it was boneheaded. I don't understand how you wind up in the situation where you make that call to set yourself up in a position where the clock runs out on you. Okay, that's been addressed. Yeah. The penalties on the drive before it, Neville Gallimore, oh my goodness, man. Why are you touching somebody's face mask there? You've gotten the defensive stop. You're going to have so much more time 
on the clock for the potential game-winning drive. The boneheadedness all around from the Dallas Cowboys, the costly penalties all game long, the procedural stuff. What are we doing? If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm just I'm pulling my hair out yesterday. I think – and listen, we're going to – break here because we got much more NFL to go and then let's just scroll through the row. Big story number two. Um, number two. Big 12 basketball week and of course a very frustrating end for Oklahoma as they fall to TCU but what I mean what a win for Oklahoma State. Uh, to Tomorrow's slate is incredible including Kansas here in Norman to take on Oklahoma at six o'clock. Um, uh, Oklahoma State's not playing on Tuesday but Baylor's traveling to West Virginia before that Oklahoma State TCU game on Wednesday, and then big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. There's much more on the transfer portal and recruiting. We saw this week in Jeffrey Johnson, the defensive tackle from Tulane, did indeed commit to Oklahoma, uh, joining uh, John Alua and C.J. Colden, the cornerback out of Wyoming, along with Dylan Gabriel in the transfer portal to Oklahoma. Jackson McCade Matower. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's right, McCade Matower. Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, the USC combo visiting Ole Miss. This past weekend, we'll see what their decision is. Makai Wingo, the defensive lineman out of Missouri, seems to have really enjoyed his visit to Oklahoma. Now we'll wait. Now we'll wait and see. Caney Walker at noon. We've got a decision coming. All you need to do is say that Louisville kid, and I might remember. The Louisville. The Louisville kid. So a lot on the the transfer portal. Sanders no, player no. Drew Sanders went to Texas. Arkansas. Who was the tight end that went to Texas? The Alabama tight end went to Texas. Sanders went to Arkansas player? Baylor. Baylor, that's right. The University of Tulsa. Jackson player, defensive tackle. So there's your update on targets and the portal. When we come back, though, let's revisit the other big story from yesterday, which was the end of a career for one Ben Roethlisberger. That's next.
So I quickly equated the moment when that game ended last night, Josh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, equated, figured out the moment when that game ended last night. And it wasn't when I thought it was going to be, which was kickoff. Because Steelers came to play in the first quarter, right? Pretty impressive. And the Chiefs did not. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know what's going on. I think it was Travis Kelsey's horrible outfit that he was wearing whenever he was. You want me to buy you that coat? Sure. <laughs> did you see his mom's travels? Yeah, she had been, I guess, at the Bucks eagles game and then had to fly on over. I, I just want to – Travis and his brother are rich. Why are they making her fly commercial? Get her a nice little private jet. Get her out of Tampa to Kansas City. Lickety split. Let's go, boys. Anyway. Maybe she's pretty, hey, I don't need that. You know, I, I want the challenge. It, it's okay. I've got this handled kind of thing. I don't know. At one point, she rode a rickshaw in order to get to her, her Uber because it was uh, at, a, at another parking lot. But the game's 7-7. Chiefs get the football, go right down the field and score. It's 14-7. to Steelers have the football with about two minutes left in the first half. And in my mind, I'm thinking, if you can just, if you can get to halftime, 14 to 7. Any sort of points there, obviously, big bonus. Or 14 to 10. And then they go three and out. And I, I was actually keeping tabs on it. They went three and out in 50 seconds <laughs> on two incomplete passes. And then the Chiefs went right down the field and did this. Third down and 20 for the Chiefs at the Steeler 48. E.J. Watt to the right shoulder of Mahomes. In the pocket, step up, firing down the near side. Kelsey at the 20, 15 to the 10, and into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Which, ball game. <laughs> Explain this to me. Go ahead. I have continued to be more and more puzzled. This not being a goal line play, but just... For instance, I mean, there's how does Kelsey sometimes get this open? What if you're Pittsburgh defensively? What what are you doing? How is Kelsey that open on a third down and twenty play? Makes no sense. I'm sure there is some X and O's people that could show it much smarter than me, but he wasn't even lined up as a blocker on that. Right? I mean, he's essentially. I think he's in the slot. He catches the football. There's nobody within eight, eight right. yards of him. And it happens all the time. It's one of those things where you've got to pick your poison, I guess. You've got Pringle and, and Tyree Kill and, gosh, who am I leaving out? Well, Miko Hardman. Miko Hardman, yeah. This is my friendly, friendly scouting report for the Buffalo Bills for next week. If Travis Kelsey on the goal line acts like he's a blocker, he's not. He's going to catch a touchdown pass if you don't defend him. So, just <laughs> and, fair warning. I, I, listen, I brought this up last night, and I'm not saying this because you're a Chiefs fan. I'm not saying this because I like Spider Shep, and he's a Chiefs fan. Um, I'm not saying this because now I have a Chiefs shirt that I actually wear. I'm saying this Creed be is good. because I've seen this movie before. I know how it ends. You know what this week is going to be, right? Everyone heaping praise on Buffalo. This is going to be an anointing of Buffalo. Oh, man. You know that the three teams left in the AFC, Josh, you know what they all have in common? All beat Kansas City. They all beat Kansas yep. City. They showed the way. They know how. And did you see what Buffalo did to New England on Saturday night? This is going to be a week 
of just adding to the Patrick Mahomes disrespect bucket. And on Sunday night, not a gambling man, if I was, I would take every penny and push it in on Kansas City. And every over I can. What, what do I see now? Every Action Network and all of them will, will have these. Just see, this guy just won 40 k on a $2 bet. We could do that. Because every over that there is for the Chiefs, take it. Touchdown anytime, Kelsey, take it. Touchdown, Pringle anytime, take it. Touchdown. I think, Josh, and I'm not just saying this, I think they're going to absolutely destroy Buffalo on Saturday night. I yeah, think Buffalo I won their think so. I think Buffalo won their Super Bowl this past Saturday night. I think two teams did. And I hate to, I think Buffalo and Cincinnati did. I think Tennessee is going to annihilate Cincinnati on Saturday. I really do. And I don't think Tennessee is any good. Here's what I think. Tennessee, Kansas City, and Nashville for the AFC. I think whoever wins Kansas City Buffalo is going to the Super Bowl, but I think it's going I to agree. be one whale of a game and I'm I'm not no. not feeling as confident about Kansas City as you are. Now, with that in mind, there was another side to last night's game, which was the end for Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Tomlin, not much on it, but as you might imagine, I'm sure there'll be more. Man, he was he was he was seven. It's been an honor and a pleasure, man. I don't have the words. Ben Roethlisberger. God has blessed me with an ability to throw a football. Blessed me to play in the greatest city in Pittsburgh with the greatest fans and the greatest football team and players, and it has just been truly a, a blessing, and I'm so thankful to him for the, the opportunity that, that he's given me. How about that 2004 NFL draft? Seven of the top eight picks were all pro bowlers. Of those seven... By the way, Kellen Winslow Jr. is in that seven, but just go with it. Of that seven, handful of college football Hall of Famers, including Roy Williams, you have likely Hall of Famers in Eli Manning, Larry Fitzgerald, Philip Rivers, maybe. Oh, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. And Roy, I think, is, is a Hall of Famer. I mean, hell, they have a rule named after Roy. You have guys like... Ben Roethlisberger, who went 11th. Tommy Harris went 14th in that draft. It might go down, which, by the way, which makes me even more angry because in that top 10 are the Raiders taking Robert Gallery, who I'm old enough to remember being in radio in 2004. Everyone's saying, oh, that's the safe pick. Robert Gallery is the safe pick. Is it? But you scroll through that draft. I mean, there is that might be one of the best top tens in NFL draft history. Cool moment at the end of the out. game there, too, I thought, between Mahomes and Roethlisberger. Oh, here's what Mahomes said about uh, – and I don't know why in this cut they always leave in the question because nine out of ten times you can't hear it, but this time you actually can. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, things like his last game here. I don't know if you got a chance to share with him anything after the game, but just the conversations with him and that and just uh, seeing him go an 18-year veteran go out like that. Yeah, I mean, he's a – a tremendous player that I have a ton of respect for, the way he plays the game, the competitor that he is. You can't take that stuff for granted. I mean, to be able to battle to the very end every single year, he's won, he's won Super Bowls. guy that I've watched growing up, I have a ton of respect for him. What I told him is if this is his last game, get it the right way. Everybody knows that and show him a ton of respect going out there. That was cool. They had no business making the playoffs. I mean, they really didn't. And they somehow found a way. 
Unbelievable. So kudos to Ben on a great career. Now, boy, what a fascinating quarterback vacancy that is right now, right? There's, I mean, Oklahoma State fans, no offense, but I don't think many see Mason Rudolph as the guy for the next decade. You've got a first-round pick who flamed out at Washington but seemed to have a really nice preseason in Dwayne Haskins. Could he be the guy? Are they going to be active in a Deshaun Watson-type situation or trying to make a play for Russell Wilson? I don't know. But Free agency trade, probably going to be options sure. one and two on the table. But I, then do you draft somebody? You're not in a situation either where we're going to have any quarterbacks hitting free agency. Right, you're gonna have to make a move. Or yeah, hope you're gonna have to. Cuts gonna have to trade now. Next year, you can have Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins if they go as what's the term I'm looking for. Baker would be in that mix too. Um, oh gosh, what do they say whenever there's a quarterback in his final year or any player in the final year? Anyway, you've got you got a quarterback on a deal that's expiring. You got three dudes right there that I think most teams would take as a starter. It'll be fascinating. Contract year option exactly. Final there year. There you of go. It. But. Pittsburgh's quarterback job is a coveted one. That's a that's a team that if they get the QB right, I've said there's three teams right now that I think are a quarterback away. It's Cleveland, and that's not a knock on Baker. That's just him getting healthy more than anything. Denver, which seems to be kind of a constant thought over the last decade since Peyton Manning retired. And Pittsburgh. Though that Pittsburgh defense went the, the wrong the direction this out. season. And – was on display last night when Kansas City scored six consecutive touchdowns. They had a good plan early. But as Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. All right, let's wrap up this segment with Bill because I, I don't want to get too far away from the Oklahoma side of things. We've got a lot of NFL talk still to come. But, Bill, welcome into the Plank Show. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Uh, when do you think they'll know about Dart and uh, Trigg? It's a good-looking question. I don't think Dart and Trigg are going to drag out too terribly long. I mean, Oklahoma has they, – they've moved in. They're getting ready to start classes for the second semester. If they didn't start today, uh, it's, what, in the middle of this week. So Sure, I, that's the same case at Ole Miss. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I would assume that you'll know sooner rather than later with Purdy, Dart, and Trigg. Purdy needs to go to Iowa State so he can carry on his brother's <laughs> – I, you know, it's weird. I don't see them in the mix for him. It's OU. It's um, Nebraska. Nebraska. What TCU was mentioned for a couple of minutes with him. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I was surprised that they weren't really in the mix for him. Well, maybe they're tired of all the turnovers they create. <laughs> maybe so. Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Pitt were the three teams for Brock Purdy. And probably he wants to carve out kind of his own story. There's probably something to that. Yep. I agree. I heard a rumor from a relative that was that they say they saw Williams and his dad up at Eugene the other day. Oh, in Oregon? Yeah. Huh. I wouldn't complain about that. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Dude, can we have Caleb Williams sightings? I like that. And you yeah. see you see a little bit of everything. I mean Can I point something out real quick? This is and Carrie Murdoch brought this up. So Murdoch I'm I'm gonna make sure I give proper credit. And if someone did before him Kudos, and maybe this is where that came from. And yes, I saw. I believe Crimson sent me a tweet today from a, a college football account that claims there's mutual interest between Caleb Williams and Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, which they, they've got like four followers. Come on, I believe Crimson. Um, but 
Carrie brought this up, and it's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it too much. It's Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. But if Caleb Williams' crew is looking for the ultimate in NIL deals with the NFT stuff and the Nike stuff that Kayvon Thibodeau was able to put together at Oregon, could you imagine what they might be able to do to help lure a Caleb Williams to Oregon? And, I mean, I don't know what the legality is, but, hey, you know what, bro, we, we'll have an NIL deal. How about a Caleb Williams shoe line as a sophomore and junior in college? How, how cool? I mean, these are the limitless possibilities that you could have at a place like Oregon. Now, Nike and, and Jordan have deals with a lot of people across the country, so that could create maybe a little bit of consternation, if you will. But, hey, man, Phil Knight wants to win football games in a national championship at Oregon. <laughs> His name's everywhere on that campus. So I, I would, if that's what the most, because I'm sorry, quarterback development is not the most important thing. Quarterbacks develop everywhere. There's no different footwork drills that you do with Lincoln Riley at USC that you wouldn't do with Jeff Levy at OU or anywhere else. All right? That's that's BS to me. It's about where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. And that might be a place like Oregon. It's interesting. All right, quick break. We'll uh, continue with some NFL talk next.
Uh oh. Something happened during that commercial break. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Um, with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. We've got so much to get to on this show today, and I feel like we're just starting to scratch the surface. <laughs> One hour and 43 minutes into a three-hour show, we have pushed past the halfway point. Can I go through a couple of these just because we brought up the we brought up the idea that it's okay to have more teams in the playoffs. I mean, again, I'm not trying to be, say, an angry person here, but I, I'm not going to complain about more football. It's just it's, it's kind of the way that I'm wired, and y'all can get mad at me and say it's – no, 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 less is more and these types of things. And I'm just I, I'm just not in there. I, like Tim tweets at us. So just because it's extra football, we should be happy. Please stop. The purpose is to reward great play. Pittsburgh had no outstanding play this year, no did fi- nor did Philly. Yeah, and that's a that's a solid it's a fair argument. Point. But it's it's almost Josh. It's it's almost, in my opinion, a little bit of like not stepping back and realizing, hey, this thing's but the what could have been, right? Pittsburgh got in because Indianapolis absolutely wet the bed over their final two weeks of the season. Sorry, Toby. Sorry, Drake. The reality of it. And the Colts, just three weeks ago, whenever they beat Arizona on a Saturday night, was right there in that group of, man, no one wants to see the Colts. I didn't want to see the Colts as a Chiefs fan. Did not want to see them. Chargers, Raiders. I mean, listen, let's face it. Of the seven teams that ended up making the AFC playoffs, the Raiders ended up as the five seed. And even though they beat Pittsburgh, they were probably the seventh. I mean, they were probably the seventh best team that, that made the playoffs. Let's just be real about it. Uh, I don't know. Pittsburgh was pretty lucky. But if the Raiders, I just, I keep this whole idea of, oh, seven is too many. Maybe in the NFC this year it was because, I mean, you're fighting between Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Minnesota for that final playoff spot. But, wait, did I say Pittsburgh? Excuse me. Philadelphia, New Orleans, and um, New Orleans for that final spot. But if that kick misses, if that's a tie, on or if a timeout's not taken, or if the timeout isn't taken, um, I mean, your your four five game in the AFC is Cincinnati battling. I think the Chargers. Your three six game in that instance would be um, Buffalo. Actually, it would be Buffalo and the Chargers. It would be New England and and Cincinnati, and then the Chiefs were going to kick the crap out of whoever they faced of those groups on Sunday night. I mean, that's just the reality of it. It would have been the Chiefs and the Raiders, and we've seen that act before. So just this whole idea that, oh. And so the Raiders end up as the five because they win the game and damn near force overtime against a Bengals team that they made enough mistakes to allow Cincinnati to beat them by 40 if they wanted to on Saturday. So I'm just – I'm not a fan of this thinking. Of, oh, well, less is more. It's – Great for the regular season. For the postseason, I can understand some of those arguments against. 
it, it was not compelling in either of the two cases. Sure. And it is a, a little bit of a punishment in some ways for both the Buccaneers and Chiefs, though you could turn around and argue back, well, how about the reward now for both Green Bay and Tennessee to only be the teams in the National Football League to get a first round by? I, I uh I'm cool with it. I think it makes the regular seasons end more compelling, though I understand what people are saying sure. there about the Buccaneers and Chiefs. Why are they playing these these two teams? Um, at Plank Show on Twitter, that's at Plank Show. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Everyone should be following us on our uh, on our band pages at Sports Talk fourteen hundred at nine four seven the Ref and at Buzz Tulsa. Now, the, our, our man Doc Coiner, the smartest listener to the Plank Show, is actually on the ground in Oregon. He's a professor at Oregon. He writes, the Oregon NIL world is interesting, but I read locally that the NCAA is already asking questions around how the new company Knight, etc., all started and how that works. Well, here's, here's what I would respond with. The, NI, the NCAA is actually doing something about NIL. <laughs> I mean, if they're asking questions, I guess my question would be, well, what what power do they seem to have anymore when it comes to this? And I'm not knocking the NCAA. It's just, you know, I've, I've told the joke a bazillion times. They're like the blackjack dealer when his hand is over when it comes to NIL. Clap yeah, hands a couple and times, they're out. I'll believe that when I see it. That's that's a cute headline for the NCAA yeah. to – Oh, we're keeping an eye on this. Right, yeah. Are you? <laughs> okay. What, what are you doing about Texas trying to tell players they're going to get $50,000 to be an <laughs> offensive lineman? Right. But uh, we appreciate it, Doc. I mean, you hear anything, we're right here for you. Yeah, and I'm not trying to – He's the know, smartest man. He knows physics. I'm not trying to downplay – I'm just saying I'm not buying it from the NCAA. <laughs> All right, quick break. Uh, we're back. Uh, gosh, I've got so much from the locker room. We'll get to that next. Is, here's a tease for you. Is the future of Mike McCarthy in doubt? I say yes. We'll talk about it next.
All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. <laughs> Nick Sirianni last night gave a really strong endorsement of Jalen Hurts as the future at Philadelphia. I've said this a lot. I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. Love his energy. Love his leadership. You got three first-round picks if you're Philadelphia. And I know this isn't a big quarterback draft, but I think you gotta, you got to address the long-term question at quarterback. Love Love Jalen. Don't know if he's your your day to day guy at Philadelphia. Yeah, and he missed he missed some stuff out there yesterday. Man. Yesterday, boy, did he! So, I I don't know what to think of this quarterback class in twenty twenty two. I am I'm a big Malik Willis guy because of his upside now, and I think if you followed me uh, or if you've paid attention throughout the year, I haven't always been because I think he's a little erratic. But you know, I. I do the Mad Dog show, and the guy that I do the show with, the big NBA guy, but loves the draft, and he's he's all over Sam Howell. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm all over Sam Howell. I'm all over Matt Corral, but I also wonder, is Corral a product of what Levy System did at type Ole Miss? Guy, right? yeah. And I hate to say that about anyone. I think Kenny Pickett is very Matt Ryan-esque, but, you know. Raw where, talent, I would probably ceiling? lean Howell in Malik. Yeah, I think so, too. But I guess my question is, would you view any of them as a significant upgrade over Jalen Hurts? Or all three of them. Do you I agree? Do you, you know, these three picks for Philadelphia, again, it's not as if you're sitting at three, seven, and ten. You're sitting at twelve, seventeen, uh, twelve, sixteen, and seventeen, I believe is where they are right now. Twelve, not bad. You know, top fifteen pick, not bad. But, I mean, if you feel like the situation with Deshaun Watson may clear up, Josh, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and say, hey, what's, uh, what's going on, Houston? What you got? Because we've got three first-round picks here that, you know, we'd at least be willing to say adios to a couple if you're willing to budge a bit on your asking price for Deshaun Watson. Hell, we might even throw in Jalen Hurts. <laughs> right. You need assurances, though, that this thing is going to get cleared up. And that's the thing. In all of it, Josh, there is just so much unknown. Or you have the insurance policy in place, which is if it doesn't, in fact, get cleared up and you make this deal, then there's got to be restitution or something something contractually in the deal to where you're getting future first-round picks. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's got to be the hurdle in swinging any sort of a deal there. Well, I'll say this much. It is – it is. I, I feel like I say this every offseason. It is going to be a wild offseason in the NFL. All right, listen, Aaron, I want you to have plenty of time, so hang in there. When we come back, I'll get to the phones at 329 405-329-9000. 405-329-9000. Hour 2 of the Plank Show brought to you by Allison Insurance, allisoninsurance.com. When we come back, your calls, your tweets, and – Brandon's got a great question. How did that Cowboys game against the Niners end up on CBS yesterday? We'll explain next.
How about that for a little breaking news? Kanai? Is that what we're going with? Kaney? Kaney? Sooners have added another corner. The depth of the cornerback position as Kenny Walker, the Louisville kid, has officially committed to Oklahoma. The Louisville transfer. Whom I'm surprised that more people didn't get mad whenever he announced his OU offer that he used a picture of uh, Buki. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, that's a pretty cool little video. Now, I don't know if he'll be battling DJ Graham for number nine or not. But, and by the way, he did have to clarify that it was Eastern time that he was making his announcement. <laughs> Noon Eastern time. Uh, here's what we know. He played in four games this year. But um, that's the maximum number of games for a player to compete and still maintain his red shirt. So... If I understand, he comes in with three years of eligibility left, though I have had the hardest time trying to figure out what true (laughs) – where we are with guys anymore and and what year they are. His lone stat of the year came in a solo tackle against Kentucky. Defensive coordinator Brian Brown at Louisville. Should have four years, right? It, well, I, like I said, I don't know. That's a great question. Maybe it Did, is four years. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was digging this up. Did you say how many games he played in? Four. Yeah. So then that yeah, would qualify the for the red shirt, so it should be four. Four. All right. I, again, like I said, whenever I pulled up his profile, they'd already listed him as a sophomore on the Louisville website, so we'll go with four. Um, defensive coordinator Brian Brown mentioned Walker as a player who could compete for a starting spot next year. And it would play a large role on the defense moving forward. And then he entered the transfer portal. So, again, numbers-wise, there's not going to be anything for the Suwanee, Georgia product out of Douglas County High School. He, just for reference, was the number 70th, was the 70th ranked quarterback in Georgia and the 72nd prospect. Was a three-star recruit. Uh, made a commitment to Boston College in March. Decommitted one month later and ended up as a Louisville commit in June of 2020. Had 20 total scholarship offers. Was a two-time captain in high school. And had four picks, seven pass breakups, a pair of forced fumbles. When he chose Louisville, he did so over Maryland, North Carolina State, Arkansas, and of course the aforementioned BC. 6-1-175. Anything else I'm leaving out here on one Can I Walker? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's pretty comprehensive there. I would just say, given that you've also added Wyoming transfer C.J. Colden yesterday, some immediate defensive back depth and help there. So the... Loss of Latrell McCutcheon has been quickly addressed. Yeah, they didn't um, didn't mess around on it. You know, it's interesting because I there is a need for depth at the cornerback position, and you see them go out and address it. You also, I've said this a lot, and I know that you know as as fans, we kind of give up on guys if they haven't done anything after their first or second year. 
But I am intrigued by what we could potentially see, Josh, from a Joshua Eaton. The size, and, and again, like I said, I don't know if that's what Jay Valai is going to be looking for. I don't, you know, it's kind of surprising to me that, you know, in, in, in everything that you've seen in the transfer portal for Oklahoma football this season, there was one name that we haven't seen that I kind of thought we might, and that's a Jaden Davis who appears to still be around. And even though it was a very short amount of time that he got last year, he has still shown some flashes and some frustrating play as well. But you have two big-time transfers to a, a room that needed a little bit more depth with Latrell McCutcheon leaving. And now you got it. So you have your two starting corners back in Woody Washington and DJ Graham. You've got Joshua Eaton developing still. And you add to the list these two transfers. C.J. Colton and Kenai Walker. Who Colton had 10 pass breakups last season. There you go. There you go. All right, Aaron has been waiting patiently. Aaron, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Hey, well, I got an interesting observation. I was glad to see Dallas lose yesterday, and this is why. Uh, one, I don't, I'm a Rams fan, so I, I, I haven't liked the Dallas Cowboys since Roman Gabriel Jackson and the fearsome foursome. But Ooh. here's another reason. is uh, Muleshoe is a avid Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> he, he would love to coach the Dallas Cowboys. And had it not been for his uh, newness as a head coach, uh, Jerry Jones was interested in him before he hired Mike McCarthy. So now I could see Riley in about two years, you know, when when Jones gets tired of, of not winning any playoff games, going out to L.A. and then throwing a bunch of money at Riley's feet, and Riley, Riley just dumps USC like he dumped OU. So I would look by 2023, you're going to see Lincoln Riley as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And he's going to go to the mecca of NFL football, you know, because he has to use that expression every time he moves somewhere. It's the mecca. I see what you're doing. Um, so, so that that'd be awesome to see him dump USC just out of the blue like that, you know. Uh, tell everybody he has no interest in the Green Bay job, but then next day he signs with the the Dallas Cowboys. But you know, put that aside. Uh, you know, I really love the direction that that OU is going. I mean it. Every day you see another commit, you know, whether it be through the transfer portal or whatever. But with what Brent Venables is doing on the defensive side of the ball, because that is what that's been the Achilles heels for OU all for years is is you know they can go out and score points, but they can't stop anybody. I mean, you put a truth serum in every OU fan, and that Kansas game had had Caleb Williams not pulled the ball out of Kennedy Brooks' hands, I think ninety percent of the OU fans thought we were going to lose that game. Um, so you have no trust in that defense because, uh, you know, Alex Grinch, he likes to practice social distancing while, while playing d- uh, defense out there. So uh, I'm really excited about the future of OU with the direction they're going. We don't need Caleb Williams. He's a great quarterback. But I hope he goes to uh, UCLA. If he goes to UCLA, I will cheer for UCLA. <laughs> I mean, I will cheer for them, especially when they play USC. I will cheer for any team that plays USC, but and I hope Caleb goes, you know, some other school because I would like I would like to pull for Caleb. 
Like, I'm going to pull for South Carolina this year, you know, and Spencer Rattler. But uh, if, if Caleb goes anywhere but USC, I, I will follow I will follow Caleb because I do like the kid. He's, he's got to do what's best for himself. I just hope he doesn't go to USC. Appreciate the phone call, Aaron. A um, lot to unpack there, Josh. Um, but let's let me go back to the start. I think Mike McCarthy's out now. I think he's gone. I think Jerry Jones is going to make a move. And it's a good season they had, but again, when your owner is saying Super Bowl or bust, you, you I don't know, are they going to replay that last second, give them one more shot at the end zone? No? Okay, they're not going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> so, I don't and, – and who knows? Maybe Jerry makes another mistake. I was listening to, to John Middlecoff bring up this point. Dan Quinn's probably going to get the Broncos job. So your defensive coordinator is out. Kellen Moore, as crazy as that wild sprint was in the last play, suddenly isn't going to get opportunities because of the end of that game. He's going to interview at a lot of places. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if now that the season is over, if he doesn't jump to the top of of the charts at places like Miami, New York, you know, Brian Dayball can't interview right now and because the Bills are in the playoffs, right? You open that window up, but once you get to the playoffs, it's like, hey, you know, I'm focused here. So if you're Jerry Jones, I don't think he wants to risk another Sean Payton-type situation where you let Payton get away and he's done what he's done with the Saints. I would not be surprised at all if there is a short leash here on Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys make a move. Would not be surprised at all. In fact – because Arnie's always, I guarantee it, I promise. And I'm like, Arnie, you can't guarantee that a team's going to win. No, it's over. But, yeah, I, I feel pretty solid about that. And I'll tell you what. I'm not so sure that seat isn't a little bit toasty if Arizona gets beat tonight either for old Cliff Kingsbury. Then maybe he can finally get in the mix for that. Oh, oh wait a minute. Still the greatest tweet of all time was that Oklahoma has zeroed in on Cliff Kingsbury for the head coaching job. I don't think you're alone, Aaron. I think there's a lot of people that like Caleb Williams did a lot for Oklahoma. And I know that suddenly it becomes chipping. Well, what did he really do against Texas? All he did was hand the ball. No, he listen, as mad as you want to be, if he ends up at USC, he still helped save this season for Oklahoma. Like what ends up as the final decision or not. That's the reality of it. And he stuck around through the bowl game and helped Oklahoma finish the season on a positive note versus the Ducks. Helped us have an amazing experience in San Antonio, right? Everything was great. But I'm uh, – I tell you something. That uh, Aaron's call I think is a sentiment that is still shared by a lot of people. And if I'm Lincoln Riley and the Dallas Cowboys job opens up, I've made it very clear – I'm I'm interested. And you'd have to, I think, listen to Arizona because of your relationship with Kyler Murray. Jobs in the National Football League that open up with franchise quarterbacks or potential franchise quarterbacks, there's not a lot of them. And say what you want to say about Dak Prescott, and it was disappointing yesterday, the way that the Cowboys started off and – Look, it's a home playoff game that you lose in Dak Prescott's record against good playoff-type teams. Plank, it's not great, but 
I'm interested. I'm interested about what the future could look like in the National Football League with Dak Prescott as my quarterback. I'm very interested about what the future could look like with Kyler Murray as my quarterback. So if both of those destinations do, in fact, open up, it's not the most wild projection of all time to say, yeah, Lincoln Riley would be interested in both Dallas and Arizona. Now, would he be willing to pull the trigger on that? I don't know. It's not going to – I mean, listen, he's going to spend a couple years there. But I, who knows? Listen, if money is the issue, NFL owners aren't afraid of – there's no salary cap on coaches in the NFL. I go back to something that you have made – I don't know if I'd say it's your calling card, but it's something that we've talked about a lot, right? One of the one of the key talking points of this show over the last month or so. Did we ever truly know yeah. what makes Lincoln Riley tick? No, we didn't. So is like what is his dream? Is it to win multiple national championships in college? Is it to be a Super Bowl winning head NFL coach? I don't know. I think everyone has started to come around to that. I think every single person on this beat now – I mean, I don't know who all has talked to Lincoln since he left. I haven't seen a, an interview with anyone outside of national media, right? I don't think he's done anything, nor do I think he should or does he need to, but there just wasn't that relationship with anyone. And I've said it a lot, doesn't need to be. So I don't know what makes a new tick. It seems to me like he's a football junkie that – enjoys that time away he gets with his daughters. And that's cool. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend to think, oh, he doesn't have a, a, a vision on the NFL in the future. Who knows? You know what sucks? Outside of the pay, being an NFL head football coach, because everything is always your fault. There's, there's not a, well, you know, we didn't have the roster. No, no, no. You guys didn't win. It's your fault. Sorry. See ya. It would surprise me if – he leaves OU, goes to USC, takes that gig, pulls all the strings to get you know the different things in place at USC that he's done. I mean, Mario Williams, I, this is going to upset some Sooner fans maybe. That's a huge get for USC. Caleb Williams, it looks like probably because Mario Williams is at USC. I know that the decision still hasn't been made. I think Caleb Williams is going to USC. That's massive for USC. Malachi Nelson, the, the, on and on and on, what the 2023 recruiting class looks like. It would shock me if he winds up, if those two jobs come open, and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden he, he leapfrogs to the NFL. But guess what? We've been shocked before by head coaching situations. We were shocked here, yeah, right? We absolutely floored. All right, um, so let's update you as we kick off Hour 3 of the Plank Show. Hour 3, by the way, we would like to welcome the newest member of the Ref Sports Radio family, is uh, brought to you by Rooftech. I mean, this is uh, this has been a big addition for us, and we're proud to have Roof Tech on board here on the Ref. Also, it's Haley's account, and Haley's awesome, so she's always number one, number one on the depth chart. Uh, Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 40 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs at 405-703-4245. So here is the updated portal list for the Sooners as far as additions. Help me out if I leave anyone. Breaking today. Can I walk her out of Louisville? Which, frustrating for me. I sent a tweet out, and it autocorrects to canoe. Thank Can you. <laughs> Had to go ahead and delete that one. Strike one. 
so can I Walker? Now, is he a corner or a DB? Because I've seen him listed as a corner, but I've also read some places that they say he might play safety or nickelback. I, I think flexible there that safety could absolutely be a possibility. C.J. Colden out of Wyoming, who tagged Parker Thune on his commitment tweet, which I thought was awesome. Um, Ted Roof's kid, TD, who is at App State. Jonah Laulu mm-hmm. out of Hawaii. Jeffrey Johnson, the big defensive tackle out of Tulane. McCade Matire, Matoire, Matare out of Cal. The Missouri tight end, Daniel Parker Jr., and of course, Dylan Gabriel. Missing anyone? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's everybody. So heading out, Spencer and Stog to South Carolina, which we've known about for a long time. Hazelwood to Arkansas. Ooh, that would have been one I had completely forgot about. Mario Williams to USC. And is that it? Am I leaving some? I feel like Latrell I'm McCutcheon to be decided. And Caleb Williams to be decided. And Mario. Boy. Mario to Williams. Did, did yeah, you I mentioned that. USC? That was one of the okay. four. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm setting myself up for a fall here, but Bruce Feldman's a bunch of people following Caleb wherever he goes isn't looking so solid right now. Unless there's a late surprise and all of a sudden Mims and Farouk follow too, though there's been no indication that that's very likely. Or Theo Wies, I think who was originally in the portal. There was a lot of people that took the post-game comments from Marvin Mims to mean that he is waiting on something with Caleb, right? They kinda... Hey, how about how about a bunch of guys aren't from Oklahoma? Maybe they're from other places. That's true. Probably not. I think it's a little late in the game. Oh, that's a good – I see what you're saying. All right, when it's like, hey, a, a bunch of people could leave, maybe we might, might be guys at other schools. Yes. I see what you're saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's uh, already 11-21, so can I walk her officially a Sooner – the Louisville transfer. Parker is going to be all over that. When we come back, what's next in Dallas for the Cowboys? It's the Plank Show.
I just I, – I, no, I haven't talked about it much. I've tried to not inundate you with Raiders talk on the day after they went to the playoffs for the first time in five years, second time in 19 years. But it was just – you know, I, I understand, Josh, that you in Kansas – as Kansas City Chief fans, right, that's a wealth of riches. You know, embrace, enjoy it. But there was a stretch there where KC was not competing in the playoffs, right? I mean, if you look at the Chiefs year by year. A stretch? Are you kidding me? was my lifetime we weren't competing in the playoffs and longer than that for plenty of other people. Yeah, they had uh they hadn't won since the 70s in the playoffs when they beat the Texans in 2015 for the Chiefs. It was their first playoff win since Joe Montana led them to a win in 93. Right, went to the AFC so, Championship game that year. Lost to the Bills. But when you finally and listen, the Raiders lost but just to have that energy, man, I was – my kids can make fun of me. I mean, there was roller coasters too. It was, you, you go to your room. You get out of here. There were moments where I don't think they realized just kind of how important it was in the moment to me. But then it was, it was really fun. I, it, was, it was funny because I thought I'd be really mad afterwards. or I get, I get depressed. Not like not in a real life depressed, but just like in a sports mad depressed when the Raiders lose a game. I don't want to hear anything. If you tag me on a tweet, I probably unfollowed you or blocked you. I it's, that Fox Sports has a producer. And it's like oh, Raider fans complaining about the officials. Yeah, I no one listens to them. I'm like, perfect. What the hell? Are you? You're a Lions reporter. What are you talking about? He's such a dork, man. So I I, I called out and then I sell, I realized. No, this team had no business going to the playoffs this year, right? With You're, everything that happened to them, it was an incredible job by so Basaccia. I, I, you know, and I, I was, I so I sat there. We played a board game afterwards. What board game did you play? Life, which is not overly competitive. You know, it's a terrific board game. It right? is. It is. Though what, you, which, you got to always go to college. It's like the kids' version. Which profession did you pick? I always end up as a doctor. It's 110K. And then always get your, your lucky number on the spin is eight. And if they land on eight, they owe you 20K. I'm so. usually a police officer because I like to get give going. those speeding tickets. You know what else is kind of interesting is I didn't realize this. If you finish first in the game, you get 400K. So maybe in the future, I might not go the career path. I might just go straight to. Right. Or I might not go the college path. I might go straight career. Anyway, my point is I, I love that feeling, man, as a fan. It was great. And I couldn't talk. If someone would have called me, he's like, hey, we need to talk. I'd be like, uh, I got to go by. It was just an awesome feeling. And I hated to see it in the way that it did. And the Raiders are going to make a move at coach, and I'm fine with that. And they'll probably make a move at quarterback, and I'll hate that. But I'll, I'll, I'll learn to live. It's just as much as people complain about, all oh, these games were terrible. Well, guess who it's terrible for? It was terrible for the Patriots. They're a spoiled, rotten fan base anyway, number one. Sorry, J-Rod. It was terrible for the Eagles, who really had no business being there in the first place. Everyone else kind of was living on the edge or enjoying it. Even the Steelers fans. Steelers fans were excited because they're like, finally, Big Ben's gone, man. We can get it. But I loved every minute of it, which gets me to a couple of really, really good questions on Twitter. Like this. Brandon writes, the mayor of Medill, Brandon Jacks. I like the playoffs. Football's my favorite sport. But how did the NFL determine which networks got certain games? Now, he's, he's got a two-part question here. So, 
let me uh, let me jump in with this. Two-part question first. The reason that CBS had the Cowboys Niners game is because they bought that 4:30 Eastern window on Wild Card Weekend Sunday for 70 million dollars when they added playoff games. So the NFL generally goes with the best matchup in the most highly rated slot of Sunday afternoon. So you might think that the NFL would consider the networks don't get to pick. This is the NFL slotting them. So this isn't like colleges where you have ESPN and, and you're Fox. you're bidding on games. Yeah, no, no, no. They bought that slot with the understanding that they're going to put their best matchup there. So that is why you ended up seeing the Cowboys on CBS. And they were rewarded. Did Okay, who was the genius that decided to have a whiteout whenever you knew a bunch of red-wearing 49er fans were going to be there? Because that red popped. I felt like when the Niners came out, it was a Niners home game, for goodness sakes. And it felt like that a lot during the game. Can that was we, crazy. Can we do something about the standing room only tickets in Dallas? Who are these dorks sprinting into the football game? I don't know. I gotta don't gotta know. get the best spot. Gotta get gotta there. Gotta sprint get there. in here. Uh, the Cowboys, how about this stat that I saw from Paul Himbo, who writes, playoff wins in the last 25 seasons. Jake DeLome, five. Trent Dilfer, five. Mark Sanchez, four. Brad Johnson, four. Colin Kaepernick, four. The Dallas Cowboys, three. That's deflating. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's why. CBS essentially, Brandon, to go full circle on your question, they outbid everyone for that time slot, knowing that the NFL was going to put its best matchup there. And I love the salt from Troy Aikman. where He's like, a lot of people would have liked to have been calling that game today in Dallas. Uh, but he adds, ah, thank goodness he wasn't. Yeah, no kidding. Do you see the NFL going to a one through fourteen seeded bracket for postseason matchups, regardless of conference or division? So in theory, you could have a rivalry and maybe the best Super Bowl. I don't. I think it'd be cool, you know, to where when the playoffs come, instead of it being two conferences, where the great, gosh, I could really go down a rabbit hole here. But the great thing about AL versus NL in the World Series was that you know you didn't have interleague games so if the Dodgers and Red Sox were playing in the World Series you're like, oh my gosh they never play each other now with interleague it takes a little bit of that away but baseball still kind of has that AL versus NL kind of thing NBA doesn't have anything with East versus West AFC and NFC I mean you're playing in a 17 game schedule you're playing what at least six games seven games against teams from the other conference, so yeah, I, I would have a problem with it, but and you rotate through where you're going to play them every sure. four years now. Sure, I don't and, know, and, and in some cases more because of that last game that they've added on. Good question, good question, Brandy. And uh, I will, add, I will add this. I'll add this. Don't put it past the NFL to maybe see your complaints about a seven seed and how these games are uncompetitive, and try to do something to juice it up a little bit. I would not surprise me at all. What but I don't think do? one I don't think one through fourteen is it. I don't know. Maybe they kind of change up you can't really change up tiebreakers or anything of that nature, but maybe no home game if you're uh if you're 
division winner that doesn't have a, a better record than a wild card team. I don't know. But you've expanded to seven. You kind of are what you are. Right no now home game? No home game for the conf- for the division winner if you're an under 500 record. That wild card ah, team would go to your place. Gotcha. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not suddenly going to play a bunch of NFL games in New Well, that should – I think that should be happening anyways. Right. I've said that for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, I, I love the idea. I just don't think the NFL is going to go in that direction. But if you were wondering, like many were, why the Cowboys game was on CBS, those of us who are in our 30s and 40s are like, yeah, this is where it's always been. <laughs> Cowboys diners are always on CBS. But since Fox has held the NFC rights for, gosh, what, like 20 years? Is that how long it's been that the NFL has been on Fox, if not longer? But I, I just – I was kind of shocked like you were, but CBS went out and outbid everyone for that time slot. Man, it wasn't it great that they did. It's question. Question. Is $70 million for one time slot, is that investment worth it in what you get back? Yeah, that's, that's a lot. To add to, it's like, all right, well, what what do we need to do to, to ensure that time slot? I mean, is the NFL going to – what did you say, and like what 70 does, mil? Yeah, what does that do for you because – You get a big rating. I I, mean, you're right, but what does the rating matter for you? I mean, it's not as if next season CBS ratings are going to dip or rise based on the fact that, well, remember they called that 49ers-Cowboys game and they were great. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I just don't get that side of it. But it worked out for them in the sense that they got the best playoff yeah. game from the weekend that they was so did. far. Now, tonight could be great. Uh, I keep forgetting about that. I, I, I think in all of our conversations about what's going on right now, um, we just don't. Tonight is a, is a big-time night. Chiefs, what am I saying? Cardinals, Rams in L.A. There has been a lot of buzz about Cardinal fans buying up tickets in L.A. Did you see the Niners game there last week? It was a Niners home game. And I don't know what the Arizona fan base is like. What What is – That's a short trip for them. Phoenix to L.A. is, is not necessarily a long trip. So, I, I don't know. Maybe – Maybe you are going to see a lot of fans there tonight. Arizona takeover drive, boy, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? I I'm so excited to see Kyler Murray play in the playoffs. I don't even know. I, I can't contain my excitement. But good tweets, you guys keep them coming. The show and never Stafford, stops on Twitter at Plank Show at Josh on Ref. Stafford has been the guy that, and I don't know. You can speak to this if you agree or not. But everybody kind of. Picks that topic, okay, who's got the most pressure, who needs to win the most, and it seems like Stafford is the name at the quarterback position that everybody's kind of earmarked as, oh, he's right. got to win this playoff game. Yeah. Final hour of the Plank Show brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 40 years, Josh Tucker at Roof Tech has you covered at 405-703-4245, 405-703-4245. Fully insured and regulated by the Oklahoma Construction Industries Board. All right, quick break. When we come back, news according to Josh, as we are legitimately heading down the home stretch on the Plank Show.
How about Baylor only dropping to five in the latest AP poll? Huh. Huh, huh, huh. Also during the break, I was – oh, I guess I should probably dig. <laughs> I guess I should probably dig and see where the Sooners ended up in the latest AP top 25. The Oh, and we got basketball on right now. Illinois leads Purdue 24-23 with 5.35 to go in the first half. The AP ranking, which was just released, Gonzaga moves back to number one, followed by Auburn, Arizona, Purdue, and Baylor, who drops four spots. Kansas moves up a couple to seven. Also in the Big 12, Iowa State stays steady. I don't know why I'm yelling. Stay steady at 15. Texas Tech is now 18. Kind of interesting. I mean, I thought that they might move up a little bit more, but kind of leveled out with a loss. Texas falls to 23, and Oklahoma drops even lower in the others receiving votes category. They leave out any Big 12 teams in there? Texas 23, Texas Tech 18, Iowa State 15, Kansas 7, and Baylor 5. Coach's poll coming out here momentarily, I would assume. And I was also digging, remember how I was very critical early in the show of the broadcast team on NBC Saturday game? Yes, Tarico and Breeze. I did not think they were very good. And I love Mike Tarico. He might be my favorite play-by-play guy. But if I had to be reminded one more time that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow went to college together, I was going to absolutely lose my mind. And did you know that Joe Burrow likes to smoke cigars after a big win, Josh? Were you aware of that? Because I also heard Never that seen it. 86,000 times. But I was trying to read Andrew Marchand's article. Uh, he, Andrew Marchand covers the media, sports media for the New York Post. He thinks that Drew Brees was so bad he might have made more money for Troy Aikman. <laughs> that it was so bad that... He made more money for Troy Aikman and Amazon. And our man Doc Coiner checking in from Oregon, or Oregon writes, I wonder if the fact that the 430 slot was also the NFL's Nickelodeon game, our Nickelodeon, led the NFL to picking Cowboys Niners at that slot. Seeing as whether we agree or not, they're two of the most recognizable franchises to the general audience. Fair enough. Fair enough. By the way, did you happened to hear um, Christopher Mad Dog Russo trying to pronounce Nickelodeon over the weekend? No, but you have my complete and full attention. I, I So I laughed so hard at this, I, I might have actually shed a tear. But, oh, I gotta, I've got to dig for it. I don't know where it went. It's gone. It's gone. What happened? <laughs> Where'd it go? Anyway, Christopher Russo trying to pronounce Nickelodeon. And I heard this on Babchick's Morning After. Legit. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. You ready? All right. This this is from Christopher Russo's Mad Dog Unleashed. Anybody who's watching that Nickelodeon for the game needs their head examined. The girl, when the bear dropped the touchdown in the end zone, said, oh. Nickelodeon. Huh. Nick, Nick Nickeldonian, Nick Nickeladonian was another one too. That was pretty fantastic. It was great. Bless his heart. Nickelodeon. All right, let's get the news in here. I've wait. Hold on. 
Do you want a break and have a full news to get out of here? It's up to you. It's your call. Uh, we can just hit a couple of quick right, hitters here. A news according to Josh. Let's hit a couple quick headlines before we get out of here. By the way, news brought to you by Roof Tech. Roof Tech of Oklahoma, 405-703-4245. Just play along and act like you heard the fancy <laughs> open. I went a little bit too long there. I'm sorry. Kirk Ferentz, I, you might know him as Iowa's head football coach. He has disbanded an alumni advisory committee that was created after a 2020 investigation found evidence of racial bias against black players in his program and bullying behavior by some of his assistants. The Gazette in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, reported that Ference's decision to end the committee came shortly after its leader, former offensive lineman David Porter, suggested it was time for Iowa to cut ties with its head football coach, but Ference said uh, he had decided to overhaul the committee last fall before Porter made his comment to other committee members in a text exchange. If there was a committee that was put together that was trying to fire me, you could bet your you-know-what that as soon as I got a contract extension, I would disband that bad boy. (laughs) But the funny thing is the Gazette wrote an article that only talked to one guy who was the creator of this committee, and apparently he's like the only guy that is mad that they disbanded it. There's a lot of people, a lot of former Hawkeyes, that are like, oh, you know what? You talked to one person in this story, and you didn't talk to the right guy. So even though he created it, he might not have had the ear of everyone involved with it. Where do you want to go next, Josh? Georgia's top-ranked defense we know will see some faces off to the NFL draft. But they will at least return one of their talented pass rushers. Nolan Smith announcing today, planning to come back for his senior season. He uh, was formerly the number two ranked player in the class of 2019. Recorded 55 tackles, three and a half sacks, and an interception this past season. It's a good keep. It's a good keep for him. Um, He's a stud. I like him a lot. I went, you know what I did fall into this weekend, Josh, that will start to take front and center at least one segment per show is NFL draft talk. <laughs> yes. I fell into it a little bit last night. My um my late night with the kids. So obviously in celebration of the life legacy and the time of, of Martin Luther King Jr., the kids had today off school. So that means I get to sleep in just a skosh longer on Monday mornings. So that means I stay up a skosh later on Sunday nights. And I was um, I was going through a little bit of uh, quote-unquote tape. I'm getting kind of excited about the draft coming up. Not looking good, by the way, for some Sooner guys in the first round. Just saying right now. I don't think we've, I don't think we've got a first-round pick right now. But that could change. That could change at the combine. Bonito, highest drafted Bonito, guy. Bonito. Um, Bonita. Nick Bonita and uh, Brian Asmagua and uh, – well, actually, I think Osmo is going to be much later. Nickeldonian? I think I think there's a really good chance that that Perion's going to put up some good numbers, but he got a he's got a lot to prove. I think if he's going to go in the second round. All right, where do you want to go next, Josh? I'm sorry, uh, what? I'm filibustering today. What else was I going to tell you? Oh, just the breaking Sooner news uh, from this morning: Kenny Walker picking Oklahoma. That uh, in addition, he's a Louisville transfer, cornerback, safety, defensive back. We know for sure. For OU, and that in addition to the Wyoming transfer, C.J. Colden, that uh, yesterday announced for Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. It's a it's a fun time, man. I get it. I, I know there's some people that are triggered by portal talk, 
But you like it. I like it. Are there some things that need to be adjusted? Sure. Does there need to be probably a time period to where, hey, this is a two-month thing and you're there? Maybe. I don't know. Tell you this. So Oklahoma hosted Sanders. It doesn't work out. He picks Arkansas. That's disappointing. Yes, would have loved to have gotten him out of all of these transfer portal guys. Whatever. You don't get him. I'll say this. Big takeaway there. Holy smokes, Pittman has got this Arkansas thing cooking. Does he? Big time. And you start thinking about the future of Oklahoma and when and if. uh, I keep saying if. When they get to the SEC, if it's after next season. Now all of a sudden, Arkansas is going to be a serious headache for everybody in the SEC West. And there's a great chance Arkansas is someone you're potted up with in the Southeastern Conference. So that was sort of my big takeaway from the Sanders decision was – yeah, it's disappointing he's not coming to OU, but it's especially disappointing because I just keep seeing what's happening recruiting-wise, not just with these transfer portal kids, but where uh, where Arkansas is winding up in some of these recruiting rankings. Man, they are trending in a serious positive direction. Big time. Did you see there was a, an accusation that was made in the message board world against Arkansas over the past 24 hours? I don't think we – I'll talk to you. I'll bring it to you during the You're break. right, by the way. K-N-I. Am I? Look or at me. Kanai. Kanai Walker. Let's go. Kanai. I'm still just over the moon about the Wyoming transfer kid tagging Parker on his tweet announcing he's coming to Oklahoma. Victory laps only a few minutes away. I think that's awesome. All right, anywhere else we need to go? Oh, we got a break. We got to take a final timeout. Get basketball all day long, a little hockey today as well. We'll talk about it all next right here on the Home Sooner Fans.
Got a couple odds here for you real quick. I have a new fancy pair of reading glasses I bought, and you know where I, I left them in the car. So oh, no. Oh, no. I bought them at the grocery store last night. I was the guy that was sitting there trying on reading glasses in the middle of Crest. But they're pretty nice, though? Yeah. I don't look like an old curmudgeon. Okay, so here you go. Will Mike McCarthy be the Cowboys head coach in week one of 2022? Yes is minus 150. No is plus 110. So they think it's kind of a 50-50. Exactly. Raiders head coach in week one of 2022. Kind of surprised to see Rich Passaccia at 5-2. to two. But the betting favorite, according he's not going to be the head coach. According to sportsbetting.ag, is Jim Harbaugh two to one. Would you like that? I think if if, if Vic Fangio's coming with them, very successful in San Fran and a new offensive coordinator. Also on this list, Doug Peterson. Now, here, how about this? If Doug Peterson's the head coach of the Raiders, I think Derek Carr is their their quarterback. Doug Peterson's at five to one, and Mike. Tomlin at seven to one. There is a rumor that Mark Davis is willing to part with a first round pick to try to go get a Mike Tomlin or a Sean Payton. Though John Gruden has historically said many times that part of the reason they were unable to rebuild in Tampa was because of the first round picks that they gave up to go get him. Regardless, fascinating stuff in a potential vacancy. All right, can I Walker is officially in Oklahoma Sooner? So the cornerback from Louisville, uh, we'll give him the in-depth treatment next with Steely and Thune at noon. Uh, big show tomorrow as I'll be getting set to hit the hit the road to West Virginia with the OU women's basketball team. We uh, will have KJ in studio. I know it was a rough weekend for the OU women's gymnastics team. We have a little Patty Gasso or JT tomorrow. Tune in to find out. For Josh on Plank, show never stops on Twitter, at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, and at Sports Talk 1400.